0: On Wednesday night, we got through uh, chapter 39, and so this morning, we're going to pick up here in chapter 40, and chapter 39, if you weren't here or didn't you um, remember or what have you, uh, we had Joseph, uh, well, we started talking about Joseph again, uh, and and had picked up on how that uh, Potiphar... uh, had had bought him and brought him to his house and and he ended up working there and till some things with his wife happened uh, as far as uh, Potiphar's wife to where she had lied about some things and and Potiphar ended up throwing him in jail but last uh, on Wednesday when we ended out the chapter, we saw that the the keeper of the prison uh, had seen that that whatever he allowed Joseph to do, that it, that, that it prospered, it did well. Uh, not so much that, that Joseph is making a lot of money here, but yet the, the prison keeper or the keeper of the prison here <coughs> was able to trust that whatever he put in Joseph's uh, charge, that, that everything was going to be, that it was all going to work out and there wasn't going to be any problems with it. So that's important because of what we're about to read about here, uh, as far as him being in the in prison, and uh, that the keeper of the prison had you given him certain sections, certain things to be able to do, uh, and we'll see more about what he did uh, here in this chapter. But let us start in in the first three verses here, and it says. <clears throat> And it came to pass after these things that the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt offended their lord, the king of the king of Egypt, and Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief butler and the chief baker. So he put them in custody of the house, in, in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, in the prison, the place where Joseph was confined. All right, so here at the beginning, we find out. Now, just in case you're you're, you're wondering, which I think many people uh, uh, have realized this, but some versions, instead of butler, it says cupbearer. So butler and cupbearer are uh, one of the same here. It's not two different things that, what's going on here that's just, my version says Butler. I think most of the, uh, a lot of other versions do say cupbearer, though. I think the NIV, the uh, ESV, and I know that there was one other one that I typically look at. Maybe it was RSV or something. Um, Makes mention of of it being a cupbearer. But that being said, we have these two officers, uh, or, or the chief uh, officers, the butler and the and the baker. And it says that they offended the pharaoh. You know, don't know what happened, but something happened here as far as uh, them offending him. Some seem to think that they might have had some kind of plans to poison him or what have you, but we don't know at all. You know, that's just all speculation there. <clears throat> but whatever the case may be, the pharaoh ended up throwing them in prison. But the main thing that I'm wanting to point out here is who was it that he gave them to? The captain of the guard. Who, who was the captain of the guard? Look over in, in chapter 39 and verse 1. So in chapter 39, verse 1, it makes mention of how that Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard. Now, <clears throat> I don't know this for sure and I don't know if there was several different captain of the guards. Now we do know that if this was Potiphar then it you know he handed him over to Potiphar but there was somebody in between Potiphar and Joseph because at the end towards the end of chapter 39 we have the keeper of the prison. Now we don't have the keeper of the prison's name but obviously it was somebody different than Potiphar because how it talks about how that in in verse 21 of chapter 39 said, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison and the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand, all the prisoners who were in the prison and it goes on and talks about how that you he could trust Joseph and whatever he did. Um, so this was obviously somebody different as far as the keeper of the prison, not Potiphar, uh, because Potiphar already knew you know, the the aspect of what all Joseph could do and how that he he operated in his house, you know, in his personal house here. But many think that might what might be going on here is that Potiphar, being the captain of the guard, you know, that he's over ultimately the prison here, and he's also got. Someone that, that looks after the prison, as if you know, maybe Potiphar is over more than just a prison, he might be over something else as well. And so, you have almost like a, a manager in a sense underneath him that keeps charge of the prison. But, whatever the case may be, we have him. Uh, well, just backing up a little bit more here, this also might explain why Potiphar when he found out or when his wife told him what he did, and his anger was, had, had, you know, was aroused is what it said in, in my version here in verse 19 and 39. But, um, but this might be why he just, you know, he got angry, and so he just threw him in prison, threw Joseph in prison, and which is pretty much what happened here with the Pharaoh and these two servants as far as how that you know, Pharaoh got angry. got upset with these two servants, so he just threw them in prison. And i point that out because chances are that this wasn't the first time that the pharaoh got angry at some of the people in his court and just threw them in prison. So it might be that Potiphar had seen this this kind of behavior as far as the pharaoh getting mad at someone, and so he just throws them in prison for a little bit until he decides what he wants to do with them. And it might be that that's what was going on with Potiphar and just throwing Joseph in prison. And since he was ultimately over the prison, there was really no need in going through any kind of of, of court hearings or anything to that or getting the permission to put him in prison. But yet, since he was over the prison, he just threw him in prison, in the same prison that he was over. But just a little bit of thought there uh, that you might not have uh, picked up on. I know I never really picked up on that until I was studying a little bit more detail here and thought it was kind of interesting and thought I'd share it with you. Right, and and that being the case makes all the more sense on why you know, it would be Potiphar that be over you know, the prison as well because he would have really had to get King's permission in order to put him in there you know, if he wasn't over it and just, you know, let me just throw him in here. Uh, but, uh, yeah, great comments. Thank you. Anything else anybody want to... Look at that. See, if I was standing way up here, I wouldn't be able to see her. <laughs> some of the reading that I was doing on this, uh, some people believe that where Potiphar lived at or where the keeper, or not the keeper, the, um, the captain and the guard here lived at was the prison. Now, just real quick, if you flip over to the end of this chapter and you read, it was in verses 14 and 15 when he's talking with the butler, and he says, But remember me when it when it is well with you, <coughs> and, and please show kindness to me. Make mention of me, and get me out of this house. For indeed, I was stolen away from the land of the Hebrews, and also I have done nothing here that should put me into the dungeon. So it could be that it was more of a, you're, he had his house, and it was in the same area, but there was another spot, obviously, for the prison. You're, I don't know if that helps answer your question, um, but it's, it, when you look at the scripture, it does make it sound like that uh, the captain of the guard or Potiphar's house is right here at the prison as well. Though, Well, let's look at verse 4. It says, And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them, and he served them, so they were in, so they were in custody for a while. Well, basically, here in in, in verse four, we find that uh, when uh, Pharaoh had given had given these two to be put into prison, to uh, Potiphar, if you will, and uh, and ultimately had passed it on passed them on down through the chain, and and they got to. Joseph here, where he was in charge of the of of these two. Now, I say in charge. You know, when you look at the verse, it says, "And he served them," uh, in the and we'll see more about how he served them uh, as we go throughout this chapter. But Joseph was was in charge of taking care of them, making sure that they had you know, everything they needed. Uh, to, I guess, stay alive. I don't know what all they did in prison these days, but you know, they might have you know, had time to go to the weight gym and maybe some time with TV or what have you. I don't know. But you know, for whatever the case or whatever the case, Joseph uh, was was in charge of, of making sure that he they were taken care of. Um. Another aspect here is in verse four it says that. They were there for a while. This wasn't like they were put in prison today, and then that night they had these dreams that we're about to read about, but uh, they've were they been here for a little while. You know, they'd gotten to know each other, which is why, like here in a minute, when Joseph comes in and he sees them, you know, he can tell that something's off, something's not right. You know, they're not acting normal, uh, and that's why he brings up what he brings up, so. Any thoughts or comments on verse 4? All right. Well, let's look at the next set of verses, uh, verse 5 through 8, and it says, Then the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were confined in the prison, had a dream, both of them, each man, each man's dream in one night, and each man's dream with its own interpretation. And Joseph came in to them, in the morning and looked at them and saw that they were sad. So he asked Pharaoh's official, uh, officers uh, who were with him in the custody of his Lord's house, saying, Why do you look so sad today? And they said to him, We each have had a dream, and there is no interpreter of it. So Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell them to me, please. So, like I said, here we have uh, Joseph coming in. He's serving them. He's coming in to check on them. Know, maybe he was bringing breakfast to them or something, and, and, uh, and, he, and he noticed that something was, was wrong. That they were sad. He, he, you know, and he asked, you know, what's, what's going on? Why are you so sad? And so basically they tell him, says, well, we had a dream, and we don't know what's going on of it. Now, uh, Egyptians uh, had, a, had a, which I think is really many uh, nations in this point in time, put a lot on dreams and um, in, in believed that as far as the, uh, the ability to, to kind of prophesy within the dream itself. And, you know, seeing what's coming, coming down the road, what's coming up. And so they had these dreams, and they just they didn't know what what they were about, and it really concerned them as far as what was going to happen. And and on top of that, though, when they had made mention of that, and well, and them being you know part of the pharaoh's court, you if they would have been you if they had been in their original positions as far as the the butler and the cup and the uh, baker, they would have been able to, to talk to some of the people you know, that would have been within Pharaoh's court here and gotten some kind of an answer as far as his dreams went. But at the same time, Joseph kind of asks us well, wouldn't the interpretations belong to God? You know, if these are from God, if this was really uh, a prophetic uh, dream. Then wouldn't that belong to God? Uh, kind of downplaying you know, the aspect of of interpreters or interpreters of dreams you know, that they might have consulted within the Pharaoh's court. Um, and although he doesn't say it, you know, specifically, kind of reading between the lines, if you would, you know, when he says, "Don't they belong to God?" You know, tell them to me. And in a sense, through God, I will be able to interpret these these dreams for you. Starting in verse 9, and we're going to, it's a little bit of a lengthy reading here. We're going to go all the way down through verse 15. Um, It says, Then the chief butler told his dream to Joseph and said to him, Behold, in my dream a vine was before me, and in the vine were three branches. It was as though... It budded, its blossoms shot forth, and its clusters brought forth ripe grapes. Then Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. And Joseph said to him, this is the interpretation of it, the three branches are three days. Now within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your place, and you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand according to the former manner, when you were his butler. But remember but remember me when it is well with you, and please show kindness to me, make mention of me to Pharaoh, and get me out of this house, for indeed I was stolen away from the land of the of The Hebrews and I all and also I have done nothing here that should be that should put me into the dungeon. Like I said, a little bit of a lengthy reading here, but you've got what the dream is and what the interpretation here is, and how that he was you're going to be restored back to him. Now, we might look at that and say, Well, yeah, it seems like a pretty obvious interpretation of it, but you know, they didn't know if that you know, the, the three branches were going to be three days, three weeks, three months, three years, you know, just, you know, nor did they even know that the three was going to be interpreted as a time period, you know, so they didn't have any idea of what's what's going on here, but after he, he uh, tells him what the dream means, he also asked him, you know, to remember him, and one of the things that I find interesting here is how that first of all he makes mention of how that he was uh, stolen away from the Hebrews you know, he didn't go into to deep description here as far as you're know, showing uh, showing how much he was wronged by his brothers or anything saying so, man you know you just wouldn't believe it my brothers ended up selling me into the to slavery and, and therefore here I am and, and while I was in in, in slavery you know Within Potiphar's house here, his wife, man, she was just, she treated me wrong, lied to me, and now I'm here. You know, he didn't go into all of that. In either one of the situations here, you know, in verse 15, he makes mention of how he's done nothing uh, that that he should be put into this dungeon or this prison um, here, but yet he doesn't go into the many different aspects here. He just kind of keeps it in general, and kind of vague, if you would, uh, not really showing a whole lot of hatred to anything. He just basically sees it as an opportunity to, hey, you know, make mention of Pharaoh for me, so maybe I can get out of here and go home, in a sense. All right, well, let's look at the next set here so we don't get too lost on what Jeremy's saying here, you know, in case you, you don't know what the the dream of the baker here is. It says, when the chief baker saw... That the interpretation was good, he said to Joseph, I also was in my dream, and there were three white baskets on my head. In the uppermost basket were all kinds of baked goods for Pharaoh. And the birds ate them out of the basket of my head on my head. So Joseph answered and said, This is the interpretation of it. The three baskets are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift off Lift off your head from you and hang you on a tree, and the birds will eat your flesh from you. As Jeremy was saying here, uh, and I can almost you picture it in my head. In a sense, you kind of yeah, a little backwards from what Jeremy was saying, but I can almost picture it in my head. The baker sitting there, and, you know, he's kind of worried about it, you know, and so he hears this interpretation of the butler's dream. He's like, "Man, this might not be so bad after all." Let me tell you what mine's all about, you know, because I mean, it says when the baker saw the interpretation was good, you know, he, it was almost like he was excited to talk about it. Now, yeah, that is a good good way to think of it. Uh, but yeah, so obviously it, it wasn't going to work out too good for the baker here. But I also think it's important. I mean, if this was the case for the baker, here you go. I'm going to ask some questions now. Uh, if this was the interpretation of the baker, what would it matter if the baker actually had a dream? What, since you know, because the cupbearer or the butler had his dream, he was going to be back with the pharaoh, and you know, and so and so Joseph takes the opportunity and says, "Hey, when you get back to the pharaoh, you know, make mention of me." You know. T- say a good word for me in a sense, so that maybe I can get out of here. Since the baker obviously wasn't going to be going back to Pharaoh in a good sense, you know, not to mention knowing what was going to happen, you wouldn't want to say to him, "Hey, when you see Pharaoh, will you make mention of him? <laughs> you?" Know, but since the baker wasn't going to survive this and be put back into into his original position, hey, baker, right, right, and that and that's kind of more the aspect that I, that I was. But you, what you're getting on, and, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But, um, but exactly, I, and I feel like that's exactly why the baker had this dream, why they were right there together, and they both heard the interpretations of the dreams, because when the butler gets back into play, and he's up there, especially in the next chapter, when we read about Pharaoh having dreams, and Needing someone to be able to answer the dreams, he can look back and say, Well, look, you know, I had a dream and exactly what he said came true. The baker had a dream and exactly what he said came true. You know, it wasn't just like he said, a fluke thing. He didn't just guess this up and be like, Yeah, I hope I'm right on this, you know. But no, this was two instances, uh, two dreams uh, where both of them. Came true is what we'll see in a minute. Absolutely, because I mean, could you imagine being the the officer here, the pharaoh, you know, the butler, and and not being extremely sure of whether or not he's going to do it, and and you go up to the pharaoh and say, hey, you know, I know this guy, and then he ends up, man, I don't know what that is. Oh, well, I'm tired of you. <laughs> go back to prison, you know, let, let's treat you like the baker, you know. Um, but. <laughs> But exactly, so it gives him more confidence and more knowledge of, as far as what what's going to happen here or, or more confidence in being able to present him to Pharaoh when the time comes. And through all of this, it shows that, like we were talking about, that God is with him. You know, God was the one that ultimately gave him the interpretation of these dreams. But to Janice's point, and not that I have good answers here or anything, uh, could you imagine though being the baker in this standpoint you know, here you are you hear the butler's dream, you hear the interpretation of it, and i I can only imagine that at the beginning when he was telling Joseph his dream that he had good good thoughts and just kind of excited about telling the dream at this point to hear you know what kind of good lays in store for him and then getting this, this interpretation of how that in three days you're going to die. You know, I mm, wonder if he started planning a, an escape or anything at this point in time. You know, I mean, it, I, I just couldn't imagine getting news like that, you know, and and what have you. but Just food for thought there, right? So, I mean, good thoughts. Yeah, I mean, it, it does make you wonder what, what does happen here kind of like in a couple of chapters ago, what was it that, uh, that, that uh, the second brother's name, but uh, Judah's second son, um, you know, how that he was, or no, the first son, uh, how that he was evil and the Lord just killed him. Yeah, just, here, what what happened? (laughs) Right. (laughs) But, uh, So we can make sure we finish up this chapter. Let's look at the last few verses of this chapter here. It says, Now it came to pass on the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast for all his servants, and he lifted up the head of the chief butler and of the chief baker among his servants. Then he restored the chief butler to his butlership again, and he placed a cup in Pharaoh's hand, but he hanged the chief baker, as Joseph had interpreted uh, to them. Yet the chief butler did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. All right. <coughs> so ultimately, we see the fulfillment of both of these interpretations uh, coming true, as what was made mention in 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 very detail. You know, as far as how this worked out. You know, how the the, the Chief Butler here had actually restored the cup into Pharaoh's hand again and how the the baker here was hung and and the birds picked the flesh off of him uh, as he was sitting out there. But the main thing that I wanted to make sure we picked up on, not that we would have overlooked it or anything, but in verse 23 where it says the Chief Butler did not remember Joseph but forgot him. Why do you think that he might have forgotten him? <laughs> so so much excitement that he, he and, and just that he wasn't the baker or, or, and that he was back in his original position again absolutely. absolutely and, and it could be either and it could be a combination of both. It really could um, and it could be more of a, of a pers- purposeful, uh, forget the forgetness, you know <clears throat> it seems to me that it would be hard to to truly forget completely to not say anything whenever you've got that cup in your hand you're taking it to the pharaoh and, and you're thinking you are know, to not think about that dream but but i think it, it's kind of you're know, right along the same lines you know, all it said that they offended him at the beginning of the chapter you know i mean we don't know what kind of offense this was but Absolutely. Absolutely. And we'll see in the next chapter that, you know, two years will will pass by before anything is said about it. But, well, absolutely, to kind of go with Mike's uh, thought here, you know, it was, we're still working on God's time, you know, not not Joseph's time. But our time is up, so I'm going to have to stop there. Thank you very much.